0: right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz. Six S I X six figure com forward slash blitz. B L I T Z. I can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello podcast listeners and welcome to episode 61 of the six figure photography podcast where the entire goal of this whole thing is to help you grow your business by interviewing by talking to connecting with other amazing entrepreneurs other amazing professionals some of them photographers. Other people are just kicking it, just like doing amazing things in their industry. On this episode, we have Ashley Diamond Seeger. And this is really exciting because Ashley specializes in birth photography. Now, like we got three little ones ourselves. We just had the twins. I think they're about 11 months old now. Uh, And it's just a mind blowing experience. You guys, birth photography, if you are a birth photographer, you know how this goes. You are being thrown into so many different environments and and such a different environment than most photographers would ever kind of stumble upon. You face challenges that other photographers don't even think about. Like what if the baby decides to pop out in the middle of the night? What if you receive a phone call when you're sleeping, you've got to rush to the hospital and then it's a false alarm? Like how do you deal with the terrible lighting situations in the hospital you guys there's so many questions but luckily ashley is here to answer them all look if you're thinking about entering some other niche i know we talk a lot about wedding photography here because that just happens to be what we do at Stown story uh if you're looking at something else this episode is one that you do not want to miss and so without further ado please welcome ashley to the show Ashley Diamond Seeger, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. How are you doing, dear?
1: I'm so good. How are you doing?
0: So good. I've got a coffee in hand. It's my third of the day. And by day, <laughs> I mean morning. And uh, it's yeah, you are it's pumped
1: good. and ready yeah. to go.
0: This is going to be a raging interview. I'm prepare you for. I just want you to be prepped um, and ready to go.
1: I should make another pot.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, Ashley, where are you at? Where are you, are you in the United States? Tell me more I about am. you.
1: Yes, I am in College Station, Texas. Um, I live in a university town. This is where Texas A and M is. Um, okay. My husband and I don't didn't actually go to A and M. We just live among the Aggies. Um, but yeah, it's a great town. We really really like it here.
0: You make it sound like you work for National Geographic, <laughs> and you just happen to be doing a documentary on the student life there. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's awesome. Uh, if my Australian accent was on point, I would go into a full kind of like monologue impersonation of the documentary experience, but I will spare you all of that. I appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> goodness. So so we're talking birth photography, and this is really exciting to me, actually, because as you've already uh, noted to me just off air, it's something that... Um, I mean look when you think about uh, photography as a business you, you so often you think about weddings you think about seniors uh, family portraits, uh, event photography sports commercial very rarely does the, the initial thought come to mind of, of birth photography um, and so I'm I'm really curious of how you got into this and I'm really excited about this too by the way actually I don't know if you realize this I've got a two-year-old little daughter but Do you? I also have. Uh, twin boys, pretty noobs. They're they're like newbies. They're a couple months old. Oh my gosh! And uh, hence all the coffee. See, <laughs> it's all making sense now. <laughs> uh, and so, but this is something that I'm I'm really interested in. I actually right. I I did my own birth photography, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. And I just want to talk about it. I want to, I want to talk about all the things and the stuff. But how did you get into it?
1: Okay, so um, when I. I start when when we moved here. I really didn't have a whole lot of work here. My background's in television, and um, the TV crewers didn't know uh, to find me in Texas yet. I was from Atlanta, and um, and so I I went on Craigslist. I got a job working for a magazine um, selling advertising, and they were like, "Hey, would you mind going and taking some pictures of some of the clients?" Um, And just being the thorough person that I am, I was like, "All right." well, if I'm going to have my images published, I should probably know what I'm doing. So I took a class in shooting in manual at the local community center, which, you know, just snowballed into, oh my God, this is what I'm meant to do. And so I started shooting, um, you know, second shooting for local photographers and joining the guild here, the PPA affiliated, um, Chapter that we have here, and uh, and then I started volunteering for a nonprofit group called Premi Prints that does um, sh- free shoots for families who have dealt with the NICU process, who have mm-hmm. dealt with you know the premi side of of the baby world. And Can we talk about
0: that for a moment. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Before we go any further, sure. Well, well, why did you do that?
1: Um, well, one of the things that I you know my fam- my parents have always instilled in me is, you know, the best thing to do when you're trying to figure things out is to volunteer. And, um, there was, uh, I was looking online for ways to get involved in this new community we had just moved to and also maybe use my skills. And so I got to know the girl that started Premi prints. It's actually was started here and is now a national organization all over the country. There's photographers going into the NICUs via Premi prints all over the U S and, um um, they are, you know, either doing in NICU shoots, uh, like in the hospital, or they're waiting until they are NICU graduates. And they are able to do those free shoots anytime in their first year. And those families, are spending so much on the NICU process that any uh, disposable income that they would have spent on, you know, high-end newborn photography is just kind of out the window. So it gives them those images that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, and so I just I immediately connected with the girl that started it, and we just got to know each other, and I started shooting you know, as many as I could get my hands on. And they had a lot here at the time and very few photographers to serve them. So, um, so yeah, I, I really got into shooting babies a lot more and started just digging in online to anything I could find to educate myself on, you know, shooting newborns and shooting tiny newborns. Um, And eventually I got my first request to do a birth and my client just said, you know, she didn't even ask if I had done it before. She was just looking for somebody in the area that would do it. She had some trouble getting pregnant, um, and endometriosis in the past and, just really felt incredibly blessed to have this pregnancy and wasn't sure if she was going to have another one. So she really wanted to make sure she had a photographer there. And um, I kind of thought, you know, I'll I'll do it. And I'll either come out just flying and really excited and can't wait to do <laughs> another one, or I will come out completely traumatized and not want to have children of my own. And <laughs> I kind of just was like, well, whatever happens, happens. And um, I got lucky that my first one, she had an epidural. So it was not traumatic in any way for me, no, um, cause she was, her. yeah, nice. She was nicely medicated. She was actually like, you know, touching up her makeup before she started pushing. So, um, Yeah. I came out just flying and, and I was like, I came home and I was like, let's have a baby. And my husband was (laughs) like, oh no. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I started marketing that, um, that I would do it more and got to the point where, um, the, all the hospitals in my area kind of got to know me and I, you know, was approaching them and kind of laying out how I would go about it. Um, but there, there was this huge gap in the market of, education on this side. There's a thousand newborn workshops online and places you can go to learn to pose a newborn and, you know, or do a wedding or, you know, even commercial stuff. There's a ton of resources out there, but I couldn't find anything on birth photography. It just wasn't out there. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to make it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I want to, I want to rewind because I'm, I'm still interested also in the make you side of things, Mm -hmm. uh, and how that brought you to the birth uh birth photography i see them very related as well um and so i'm curious too like what are some unique challenges there because unlike the baby in a basket baby in a bucket right uh you know type of baby in a blanket let's keep going with the bees i love sure, the alliteration sure. <laughs> right? anybody else got any that you're thinking of while driving you get it with nick you my guess is you are very um well, your hands off, it's, it's probably more documentary. Can you tell it me is, more about even that process?
1: Yeah, it depends. It depends on the baby. It depends how early they were. And it depends when in the process of their NICU stay that you come in. So I have had some that I really couldn't touch that, um, they were all hooked up to all the wires and tubes and, you know, they were just kind of gonna, It was just going to be, you know, mom and dad kind of looking over the isolate, which is, um, you know, the little pod that they're in, um, um, and you know, they're all kind of hooked up to the oxygen and the feeding tube and all the monitors and everything all the way to, um, you know, somewhere they're about to go home. And as long as they're, there's eyeballs on them, I could actually take them into another hospital room and kind of treat it like an at home newborn session where I pose them, you know, on a pillow or in a basket or something like that, where, um, you know, they're not stuck to the machines, but they're not quite ready to go home because they haven't passed all the tests that, you know, confirm that they're allowed to go home. They do like a car seat sleep apnea test and they do, you know, feeding tests and things like that. So some of them are in there. They're not even really hooked up as much anymore. They're just waiting to pass all their tests. And some of them are, you know, teeny tiny and having a lot of struggles. And so, um, you know, I, I, I kind of have to gauge based on what level and what stage that baby is at, what we can get. But I do my best to try to at least get, you know, mom and whoever else is there holding the baby and, you know, kind of showing the experience they're going through. Because even though it is difficult, um, this is the story of their child. And so most of the time they want to show all of the things that they had to kind of go through when they were dealing with visiting the NICU every day.
0: Yeah. I mean, even as you say, these, uh, explain kind of the process here. And I imagine this is the same thing for birth photography. Mm -hmm. Like how do you prepare yourself emotionally for what you're about to walk into? Because my guess is it's probably not, uh, always perfect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and the, yes, yes. I've been very lucky that, um, I have not, I've not had to deal with a fetal demise situation at a birth itself. Um, there are going to be occasions where you find out before mom delivers that baby has passed and you're able to kind of collect yourself before you ever walk in. Um, and it, one of the things I, I interviewed a labor and delivery nurse for my course, and and she mentioned that ma- the majority of the time, if you're going to be dealing with a fetal demise situation, they actually know before they deliver. It's very rare these days for them to lose a baby in delivery. It mm-hmm. happens, but it's not nearly as prevalent as it once was. And, um, you know, they have a little bit more time to kind of get baby back now than they used to. And so if they know it's a fetal demise situation, they usually, they usually know before they ever get to delivery. Um, And so you're able to kind of emotionally prepare yourself for that and being a part of that before you ever walk in. Um, But recently I did have one where um, the baby was five weeks early and he was not um, responding as well as they would have liked. He was okay, but his color wasn't good and he wasn't getting mad, you know, and crying really hard uh, right after birth. So we did transport to the NICU and they were actually able to allow me to go with the baby from the hospital room to the NICU with him and get the whole story of him being stabilized and put on all the machines and then dad coming in. And, um, it was, it was f- amazing because one of the things that I teach is, is how bonded you're going to be with this family going through this yeah. process with them. And one of the things that I found really fascinating in that process was that When I looked up at the nurse and said, You know, may I go with you and the baby to the NICU? And she said, Yes. I looked over, and dad's face just had this wave of relief come over him because he could he could stay with mom and feel like somebody from his team was going with the baby.
0: (laughs) And so documenting it too. It's it's nice even knowing that someone's recording what's going on. So they don't don't miss
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it put me kind of on their side and it's never an us and them thing, but when you're having a baby and there's medical professionals everywhere, you do kind of feel a little bit us and them because they, they're doing their job and you're just kind of having to wait and see what happens. and what it did, what it did, was put me on mom and dad's side of things, and so he felt like one of my tribe, one of my team, is going with my baby, and that just like gave him this sense of peace and sense of calm, which was. Um, amazing, you know, just to be welcomed into the family and that family, actually, they send me pictures. I mean, we're, he's two months old now and they still send me pictures almost every day of just what he's doing that day and how things are going. Cause they've bonded with me very strongly through that
0: process. Yeah. This isn't, this is fascinating. And so, I mean, walk me through, I, I, because this is something that we don't get the opportunity to talk too much about, walk me through like an actual experience of, of, I mean, how do you even begin to block out that time for it? Uh, like, cause look, I've had, well, my wife has had two kids and I've, <laughs> even with the twins, we had maybe it was because they were twins, but we had three false arms, actually, where oh, we, were, yeah. we were on our way to the hospital. Everything was so different with twins. And be like, every time you have a kid, it's different. Wow. So what does that look like?
1: <laughs> well, every, like you said, every pregnancy is different. Um, and <laughs> one thing that I have put in place and I feel very strongly when I'm teaching other birth photographers is to have a backup photographer. So, um, I have a very good friend who does not have children at home. She She's uh, an empty nester, and so she has a little bit more freedom to leave in the middle of the night, and um, because of where I've built my business, my husband has actually recently retired from his job and is home with our son, so we have a little bit more flexibility now to be on call in the middle of the night, Um, but she and I schedule around any time we have a client with a due date around those couple of weeks, we make sure that one of us is in town and, you know, knows we're on call. Um, and to tell you the truth, I've been very lucky in my market. I tend to have a lot of scheduled C-sections and inductions. So I haven't had as many false alarms and, and craziness as, um, does happen with a lot of birth photographers. It, it, it it just, it's just the way my market has tended to be. I don't know if it's just the way that the doctors here tend to refer for them to, to handle things, or if it's just my clients. And you know, if, if the the demographic who tends to hire a birth photographer likes to be in control, so they happen to be the kind of people who like to schedule their inductions and C-sections as well. But you know, we are on call a lot. And um, so she and I really try to map that out from a perspective of, you know, make sure you're in town these days in case something happens or, you know, I, I have to go do a wedding, so make sure you're on call and X, Y, Z. So, um, you know, we're, we're a hard on call, maybe a week on either side of a due date, but we're a soft on call really all the time, because like I said, clients can go, this one went into labor five weeks early. And I actually had, um, At the moment, I'm only doing one birth a month, or I'm only taking one birth a month. I have Mm -hmm. different seasons that I take more just based on scheduling. Um, But that weekend, my June client and my July client delivered within 36 hours of each other. (laughs) So, so, you know, it can happen. And um, I feel very strongly about having a backup and having really put investing time in your network of photographers in your market so that you're not looking at them as competition, you're looking at them as allies. And then, you know, you bring them in. And she she's also very often my second photographer at a wedding or, you know, I, I have a network of photographers here in my market that if I get in a jam, I have people I can call. Um, so that's always, you know, a sigh of relief really to me. Because if something were to happen to me. If I'm in the hospital, for some reason, if I'm in a car accident or if I get stuck out of town or something, it's very important to have another person readily available. Um, but then from an on-call standpoint, um, I, I give dad a cheat sheet or partner, whoever mom's person is. I give them kind of a cheat sheet. So when they go into labor, they have to get me on the phone, not a text message, but on the phone, because I will sleep through a text message in the middle of the night. I will never see it. (laughs) And, um, and that says, you know, we're in labor. And then when they go to the hospital and they get their initial centimeter check, they have to send me that, that the rest of them can be on text. Cause I'm paying attention at that point. Um, and then every time there's a centimeter check, they have to update me. And then I will go usually between five and seven centimeters and join them and, um, you know, get a lot of establishing shots, the signage, the, uh, the time that mom and dad are spending together while she's laboring, um, any of the nurses and doctors that come in and family members that are coming to visit throughout that process. And, and then, um, you know, showtime. And then I stay for two to three hours, usually after the birth to make sure I get any images of, um, you know, getting baby's measurements and a bath and, Footprints and any family members that are present. I make sure and get images of the baby with them if they hold the baby, and I try to get a big group shot at the end for you know anybody that's there and and then I run home and I uh, make a digital birth announcement that they can send out to all their friends and family.
0: Wow, yeah, a lot. I love it. What's, what's okay? What is <laughs> what's been one of the longest days that you've had to shoot? Because look, I've got friends who've been in labor for like plus twenty four hours, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, and,
1: and that's part of why, um, I do that process of, I don't come until they're five to seven centimeters because usually they're in pretty active moving labor at that point. But you know, that's not always the case. A lot of times they'll stall out and, um, and you will be there for a really long time. And so I've had a couple that have gone, you know, uh, over 24 hours that, you know, you, you go grab a cat nap in your car or in the uh, waiting room or something, if you can, um, or occasionally you can run out and grab some fast food or whatnot. Um, but it's not the norm, and I actually I have a student that's been texting me all last night, and she it's her first birth, and it is one of those, and it's going oh, like thirty six hours, and she's like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "That's part of the deal, honey. Like <laughs> that's just what it, what it is. It's not always going to be the case, but you have to be prepared that it does happen sometimes. And and you know the medical professionals they know that that's that's not really ideal, and so they will try to you know, ask you to do things to, to try to move it along. It's just like, it's not good for your body to labor too, too long. If you can help it, um, you know, they're not going to force you to do anything that's not in your birth plan, but you know, they don't want you to be so tired at the end that you can't push and, you know, be safe. So, um, So they do try to move it along a little bit and that's helpful. But, um, you know, that's kind of just part of what you sign up for when you get into this is you might be there a while. So, (laughs) yeah.
0: So this brings us to this conversation of challenges. I mean, like incorporating, um, birth photography into what you do as a photographer. What, What are some of the other unique challenges? And I imagine there's a few of them uh, that you end up facing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so there are times and because a lot of my clients come through this whole year long process with me where they do the birth and four sessions, a lot of times I'm having to schedule those sessions throughout their year in the window that I'm on call for another client. Um, but generally because they've already been through that process with me, they understand. And so if I have to say, you know, I'm on call, we may have to to cancel at the last minute they understand because I would have done it for them as well um but I do also shoot a lot of other stuff that is not in the realm of birth photography and so I do have to be kind of careful about how I schedule that and that's where my second photographer comes in as well um to make sure one of us is available to run at any point in that window. Um, and then from the standpoint of like, when you are on call, you just have to make sure, like, if you're going out to dinner, you're not drinking or, um, you know, you're not, you have your cameras ready to go. You have, you know, your batteries charged and your cards formatted and, um, you know, any batteries that you need for, you know, external lights or anything like that. Um, and then that brings it to the challenge of lighting. You know, this is, this is the one of the few types of photography that you are coming into somebody else's workspace. You don't have any control over this workspace. And so the lighting can be uh, bare. And, um, I, the, I, I answer questions about that all the time. Like, what do I do? It's really dark. And, uh, and when you're in a hospital, it's a little bit easier because, um, you know, the nurses are coming in, the doctors are coming in, they have spotlights in the ceiling where they need to be able to see. So they're just going to turn them on. They're not really going to ask permission too often. Uh, But like in a birthing center or a home birth, the midwives are going to be a little bit more uh, relaxed on visuals. So the thing about it is, and I tell my students, like if they've paid for a birth photographer, then they value quality images. So don't hesitate to be like, Hey, would you mind if I turn one little light on? Um, usually they're going to say yes. If they say no, then they're really uncomfortable. That's fine. Like you'll get more later. You know, you'll, you jack up your ISO as high as you can you live with the grain because that's that's the the nature of what this is it's documentary photojournalism and sometimes that means you're not going to get the cleanest 100 ISO image. Like it's just kind of the nature of it. Um, and then, you know, I, I always tell them to bring at least one speed light and maybe like a light wand um, just so you can grab, you know, an image here and there. But, you know, don't be flashing mom in the face with a speed light over and over and over while she's trying to labor. That's just rude. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mentioned too, this is probably something even less, uh, again, speaking from my own experience, uh, coming from this not as like I, I, while I am a professional photographer, I photographed the birth of, of my two children as a father, right? Not as mm-hmm. a as a working professional, right? But you know those spotlights, especially during um, delivery, like are harsh. They're bright. They're <laughs> yeah. incredibly harsh. And and for me, it was less of the ISO concern and more of a dynamic range concern because. Uh, it's very easy. We're going to talk tech here for a minute. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to blow out a baby. <laughs> That's a funny phrase to say. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and and being able to expose those highlights, everything else just gets crushed.
1: Well, what I teach and I do religiously is I wear two camera bodies um, and I will, I will meter one for the ambient light where mom's face and dad's face are, and I will meter the other one for the spotlight. So if I need to switch real fast, um, I'm prepared to be in whichever of those two lighting situations that are right next to each other that you need. Um, But I'm also, you know, Those spotlights are only hitting the more graphic areas. And I am not, I don't hate losing some of the detail in the more graphic images. Um, I, I don't hate that we're kind of blowing out some of the bloodier things that, uh, mom might not necessarily want. Um, you know, if I need to switch over my, to my other body to make sure I'm getting the first breath and the baby's expressions and those types of things, then I, I do that, you know, quickly. And I, I have a, um, a spider holster waist belt that, I use to keep my cameras so quickly available to switch cameras. Um, so that's how I combat that dynamic range issue is I, I just, I meter for both on different cameras. Um, and then I'm ready to go for whichever shot that I want. And, uh, So that's kind of how I handle that. And there is, you know, you have to be quick on your feet and you have to be ready. So when, when they say that when they're breaking the bed down and it's time to push, um, and they're turning the lights on you, you get into metering for those and you get ready to go and you just, you stand there ready to pull the trigger. And you know, the, the term spray and pray is so hated in the, in the photography world. Um, you know, especially at weddings and stuff. But like I said, this is one arena that you are not in control. You can't be like, Hey, can you put that head back in so I can <laughs> get that shot again? Like oh, oh, yeah. you don't get to recreate. So you have to be ready and you just, you got to be really focused and, um, and in the moment. And so that, that you got to pick specifically the tiny things that you are are going to let be variables in that moment. And like everything else just has to be something you deal with later or you dealt with before. So,
0: you guys I got to interrupt for a hot second and give a awesome thank you shout out to one of the big supporters of the SFP podcast. I want to thank Fresh Books. You guys I I get the chance to talk to hundreds, if not thousands of photographers on the weekly. And one of the consistent things that I hear time and time again, in regards to challenges in the business, points of pain within running your own business as a freelance photographer is accounting. It just comes up every single time. What do I do with accounting? How do I manage this? Where do I outsource? Do I outsource? Like I'm supposed to be a creative. I don't do well with numbers. I don't track numbers well, even getting paid. Like how do I make sure uh, that I'm processing payments, properly, tracking all that data properly. And one of the best pieces of advice that I have for you if you're running your business is make sure that you have a system in place uh, to help you uh, with your invoicing, a system in place to help you uh, track your your payments, a system in place uh, to help you track all of your accounting. And so with that being said, you guys, please do yourself the biggest favor that you can and go check out FreshBooks. And this is now a super no-brainer because there's a 30-day free trial that I'll tell you guys about here in just a minute. But FreshBooks has been completely redesigned. Uh, just come like completely from the ground up. It's an all-cloud-based accounting software that's gonna allow you to create professional invoices in like 30 seconds, set up online payments within just a couple of clicks that will allow you to get paid up to four times faster. And a really cool feature is you can actually view, track when your client has seen those invoices, and it really puts an end to that guessing game of when is the money going to show up for you guys. And so here's the deal: like I said, fresh books please go check it out. They are offering you guys a 30-day unrestricted free trial. It's the full package for 30 days. To claim it, it's just for you guys, by the way. To claim it, you need to go to freshbooks.com backslash photography, and then you need to enter six-figure photography. That's S-I-X, six-figure photography, in the how did you hear about a section, and they're gonna hook you guys up. Please do yourself a favor and look into this. All right, let's jump back in can I ask you this? What about the unique challenge of working with the medical staff? Because I mean, even look, I remember even like having my, my mom come in at times there was like, ah, is she allowed it? Like, and just kind of navigating that, making sure that you're, Uh, I mean, I feel like you'd probably be like walking on eggshells the first time you do this. Can you, what's the advice that you have?
1: So what I did, um, we have a, we have three hospitals here in my town. I've only actually worked at two. I just happen to not have any clients that have picked the third one. I don't really know why, but (laughs) it just is what it is. Um, but the hospital that I work out most frequently, they work, in a system where they have 13 staff doctors at the hospital. And when you go into labor, you get whoever's on call. You are not going to get your doctor unless you go into labor during business hours. Um, and so, and then the other hospital works where you work with a private office and they have privileges at that hospital. And so when you go into labor, that doctor will come into the hospital. And, um, so they're not staff doctors. Um, so that attacking it, basically my the point i'm trying to get at is that i attack it way before we ever get to labor yeah. i make sure that i have interacted with the doctor or gotten permission from the doctor or the staff or the uh the head of the department long before my client ever goes into labor so the one that i work at most frequently that has the staff doctors i called and made an appointment with the head of the department. So the OB that heads up the department for the entire hospital, I made an appointment to have a meeting with her. I sat her down. I explained to her, like, this is what we're going to be. This is how I work. This is how I I go about it. I want you to be comfortable with me. I want you to make sure your staff is comfortable with me because if, if my client's going to get whatever doctors on call, when she goes in, they all need to be okay with the fact that I'm there. And so I, um, you know, I sat down with her and we had that conversation and she, you know, that w- one thing the hospitals won't tell you is they are most of them. Now, this is different with every hospital system because they all get to make their, their own rules, but most of them actually really, really encourage this because they are competing for the, the high dollar clients, the clients that are going to pay their bills at the end of the day, they're competing for those clients to deliver at their hospitals because it's good for business. Mm -hmm. So whatever we're getting to a point in the world of gynecology and obstetrics that whatever they can do to entice that patient to deliver at their hospital, they're, they're open to it. And so if the new trend is birth photography. And the fact that that, that patient can use a birth photographer in their facility, maybe they will deliver at that hospital instead, then they're all for it. So they're excited to have quality people executing this genre in their hospitals, because it makes them more, a more desirable place to deliver for the patient. Um, so they, if you, if you go at it from a professional standpoint of like, I'm going to be shooting in your facility and I'm going to set up a meeting and explain to you how I work and we're going to develop a relationship, then they're all for it. You know, they're ready to go. Um, yeah. Occasionally you're going to get a very territorial nurse or in, uh, in many cases, the anesthesiologist will get real touchy. Um, if you're in a C-section and they've got all their machines and stuff, they will get a little more, uh, squeamish about liability, about how. Images of the machines. Um, and so, you know, the best thing is to just like be as quiet as you can, be as out of the way as you can, and, you know, just kind of keep your head down and just do your job. And, you know, as long as the less you speak, the less opportunity there is for a problem. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So when I talked to this doctor, she said, you know, the fact that you came in and talked to me beforehand and I was able to educate my staff about it meant that, you know, we could execute this in a more professional manner.
0: That's great. I mentioned too, even the more that you're talking about this, uh that mirrorless actually would have some great advantages from yes. a technical standpoint, by the way. I mean, I'm on yes. a Fuji XT2 where Are our you? entire crew is completely Fuji as professional <laughs> wedding photographers. And it was amazing being able to go completely mirrorless shutter. The dynamic range on the XC2 was phenomenal. Uh, Focusing was amazing. So anyhow, I digress. But I think even as you're in that meeting, though, look, obviously you're talking to someone who's not techie, but when they think of photography, they think of a click of a shutter. And even to be able to say that the camera is completely silent, that no one will even know when a photograph is taken, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think that may even just give you a little bit of ability to empathize with the professionals, letting them know that, you know, you value them being able to do their job well.
1: Yes. Well, and I am, I am on a DSLR, so I do have some shutter noise. But, um, one thing I have had my clients say over and over is, you know, once they get into it and they're focused, they don't even realize you're there, you know, as long as you're not talking. Like they don't even realize, and really the nurses and doctors are so focused on their job that it's the same thing, unless you're in, you know, a, a birth where, um, there might be some issues happening and then everybody's really quiet because they're trying to be respectful of the fact that like everybody's worried. That's the only time that I have felt like my shutter was loud personally, but even then nobody else really even noticed. But yeah, I can definitely see how um, not having shutter noise it, and being able to kind of tout that as a uh, as a benefit of you being in there. If you are a mirrorless shooter, that that's a no brainer. I would shout it from the rooftops
0: (laughs) yeah for sure so then I have a question because when my little boys were born uh you know we had that knock on our door and this sweet lady came in and she was like hi I am the hospital's (laughs) photographer yeah would you like some photographs of your kid and I was like no I'm good <laughs> with my literally I'm like holding my camera in hand, like taking pictures of them in the moment, yeah, yeah, and I probably just look like you know a deadographer uh just kind of doing my thing right, but um what is I mean is that a thing is it a thing to have a hospital's resident photographer? Uh, or or was was that you like what nope. who was that you no
1: know, i talked to um i talked to a company that contracts with our hospital about doing that but it really didn't fit into my business plan to be there every day and going into every room and trying to sell on site and that kind of thing um but yeah most of those are our third party companies who have contracts with the hospitals um or it, it depends on some smaller towns it might just be somebody who they They've picked somebody in town that has their own business that they come in every day and go into each postpartum room and offer that, um- and, you know, it varies as far as skill set. It varies as far as ability to handle light, handle posing, um, a lot of those companies. And I've seen it. I've, I've seen the posts are hiring, you know, whoever comes along on Craigslist because they have so many hospitals that they contract with that, um, you know, if you have a camera and can show them that you can use it from a basic level, they'll put you in a hospital. Um, so the, I, it, and that's not always the case. There are some companies that are putting in very, very qualified people to do those images. And, you know, that's great. Um, what I offer and you know, this goes back to every niche that we deal with. What I offer is a boutique experience, um, where they're getting me, like I said, from five to six centimeters all the way through, like when the the three hours after most of those photographers, you won't see until, usually the next day. So they're just kind of a fresh 48 session. Um, and I actually know some boutique fresh 48 photographers who deal with that really frequently because they're standing there actually executing like a, a professional boutique session for a client. And then the hospital photographer will come in and be like, Hey, I'm here to take pictures. And they're like, we we got it. Thanks. You know, no worries. Um, And, but you also run the risk of, and when I had my son, that photographer never actually even came in the room. Um, so I'm glad I had a friend coming in to do ours myself or else we wouldn't have gotten anything. So, you know, it just kind of depends. Um, I, and, and a lot of times I also, I always say, you know, let them shoot it. It doesn't cost you anything to let them shoot it. You get to choose whether or not you buy them. So if you like them, great, you know? have at it, you know, good photography is good photography. I have no problem with that, but my, my clients are guaranteed that I'm going to be there for them. I'm focused on them. They know the quality of my work before we ever get there and you know, they're good to go. So,
0: so if they were to go meet with a hospital and the hospital say, "Oh, we already have an on staff, uh, photographer. We don't, you know, we really don't need this. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's your, that's your counter to that is it's not the same thing.
1: Well, I don't work for the hospital. I work for the client.
0: So, but I guess when you said you were even you were meeting with the hospital, I could I can imagine meeting with the hospital sure. to let them know that you're meeting with a client, and them thinking or maybe getting a little confused. Right. Uh, and, oh, yes. and yes,
1: yes, I'm very clear. Like I I I have patients who would like me personally to come in and photograph their birth from this point to this point. Um. And so if if you have hospital photographers that are coming in to do a day after you know portrait session, that's great. I'm not going to be stepping on their toes. Um, you know, and those are optional as well. They don't, you know, their patients don't have to purchase them. So, um, you know, I'm not asking the hospital to sign a contract with me. I'm just letting them know that this is what I do. And, you know, if you would be willing to grant permission for me to be in there and for everybody to be on board, then great. And that's all you have to do. And I, I go deal with my clients separately. Um, and then, you know, the hospital that I work in most frequently, that's how, that's how it works. They, they have one of those third party companies where somebody comes in and does that portrait session later, but it has nothing, you know, the, it's such even a dish, different timing than what I'm there for.
0: Sure. So let's, uh, let's transition this conversation now. Um, and I, and I want to kind of wrap up with, with the beginning of this. This is obviously a, a uh, uh it's probably a three day long conversation that would come <laughs> from this, but as you mentioned earlier, the relationship that you end up forming with your clients is so strong at this point. Um, you know, you are really, uh, you're, you're like you said, you're on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been along this whole ride. And so how does that then set you up to continue that relationship, um, in a professional manner for them, photographically mm-hmm. other services? How do you, uh, how do you fit that into your business model? So it's actually, that's the backbone of my business model. You know, I,
1: I teach my, my photography students that like, if, if first. for, you have to differentiate yourself in the market. You have to become what I call a banana in a, in a market of apples because your photography clients are going to go to a Google page and they're going to type in newborn photographer and then, you know, your town. And they're going to look at this Google page of baby photographers and something has to make you stand out. And so for my clients, it's often the fact that I offer birth photography is what makes me different. It's my banana. <laughs> and uh, so I... I am able to capture those clients. I'm able to start with them, you know, I for either maternity or at the birth. And then I do a first year package. So, it's four sessions over the course of the year and they can choose whether that's a maternity, newborn 6-month, 12-month or a newborn 4-8-12 however they want to do it um and then at the end of that full year I have this album of all of these sessions and the birth with the client and they have their whole baby's first year book done and they never had to scrapbook anything um and so when I go through that birth with them And then I immediately schedule the newborn session. And then I, you know, within four months, we're doing the next session, et cetera, et cetera. They, we become such close friends and we've spent so much time together over the course of that year, because I'm also doing, like I do a pre-consultation, then we do the birth, then we do the newborn session, then we do the newborn sales session, and then the four month session, then four month sales session. So, I mean, we, and so on and so on, we spend so much time together that they end up, I mean, they're never going to go to anybody else. If they do, it's because there's something that I can't offer. And at this point, that's rare. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much the only thing I'm not shooting these days, um, or can't shoot these days. I mean, I narrow it down where I try to only shoot specific things, but the only thing I can't shoot for a client these days is boudoir. And I have a, a former studio partner that I send that to. So other than that, like I can handle most of their client cycle or their life cycle of a client and make sure that they don't have to go anywhere else.
0: Yeah. Man, I love that. And there's so much opportunity here. And I love how it's all um, it, it's like you said it's the backbone, but really it all starts because of the relationship that you're able to form, the experience you're able to give with that um, with that actual birth yes. portion of it all. I think like that's the missing piece. That's what makes it all work that's so the
1: emotional bonding moment where, you know, you go through something so personal and intense with a client, they just bond to you and they're, they're just not going to go to anybody else. You know, they don't, they don't see that bond in any other photographer. So they're not interested in straying, I suppose. And you know what, like at the end of the day, there is no cheaper marketing than a return client. And so I set it up where that return client happens five times in a year. And then the beauty of it is, when they're at that point in their life, very often they get pregnant again when that year's over, and we start all over again. So I just had that happen with one of my birth clients. We did the entire year, and at the one-year reveal, um, she told me she was pregnant again. So we just started it all over, and it was a beautiful thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh my gosh! This is—I this is, mean, this has me so excited for what you put together for everyone. Um, where can people find you?
1: Okay. So, um, we have, I have about to launch, I just opened as we were recording today, I just opened all of my content to my beta group, but I'm about to launch the ultimate birth photography resource, which is a full comprehensive video program with everything that I do from soup to nuts with, um, birth photography, with my one year program, it's got, uh, I mean, everything I've got classroom segments where I'm teaching to the camera. I actually booked the local medical school and we did all of our choreography pieces in an actual delivery room with a mannequin that delivered a baby with, and an OR that with a, um, C-section mannequin that delivered a baby, like the whole thing. (laughs) It was crazy.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: And then, um... It's got segments on special cases. So interviews with people who've dealt with surrogate births and adoptions and NICUs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's the, the actual, the, you'll have a link in the show notes, but, um, the, I have a bitly link for it. So the bitly link is birth resource. So B I T L Y backslash birth resource, um, where you can get that. And then I'm on Instagram at figment photography, F I G M I N T not E N T, um, fig. I like the fruit and mint, I like the herb fig mint photography. And then, um, fig mint.com is my website. Uh,
0: actually, we'll make sure to get all those links down in the show notes. Great. Thank you so much for spending time. This has got me really excited. I, I about this, the whole process. I'm, I'm really intrigued with it. I'm a wedding photographer, but now. Maybe there's something in my, uh, in my future. We'll see. Maybe
1: there is. And you know, what's so funny. I have one student in my beta group who is a guy. And when that first, when he first signed up, I went into a mom's group to ask, you know, how would you guys feel if your birth photographer was a guy? And the overwhelming response was positive that they would have no problem having a guy that it, it all came down to, I don't know, how's his portfolio, you know? So, um, I think there is, there is opportunity on both sides for that.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Ashley, thanks again.
1: No, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I hope that this enticed you. I hope that this opened you up to maybe a new possibility, another Avenue to take your photography in a, in a, in a, in another direction. Uh, I really did. it. It certainly did for me. You guys, I want to invite you. Uh, there's some really cool things that we are up to, thinking about you in mind, the photographer. Look, we do um, Q and A all the time over at the Six Figure Photography Facebook page. I'm always doing Q and A on there. One of the things that I've discovered is, you know, I'm answering questions all the time uh, to you guys, to the community. But the live videos are not searchable. There's been so many amazing and questions that have been answered by you guys, but you can't go back and find those questions. Things like, how do I start my business? How much do I charge? When do I raise my prices? How do I get new clients? What if I just moved to a new city or I'm starting over? What if I uh, what if I just started fresh or into a new niche? Should I separate my brands, portrait photography, uh, newborn photography, birth photography, and weddings? Should that all be on one website? Questions like this, I've had the opportunity to answer But it's been lost into the massive catalog of six-figure live videos. Please do yourself a favor and go watch some of them. But here's something new that I want to invite you guys to. We are calling this Heart to Heart. It's a new playlist on YouTube, Heart to Heart, where each episode I take a single question, make sure that it's searchable for you guys to find on YouTube, take a single question, and just pour out my perspective on that question. You guys, go take a look over at the YouTube channel, Six Figure Photography. I'll get a link down in the show notes. Make sure that you subscribe, you ring that bell, and watch Heart to Heart, H-A-R-T to H-E-A-R-T. You guys, we will see you on Six Figure Live. We'll see you in the podcast or I'll see you over on YouTube. Make sure to like, subscribe, and comment, and I will read it and I'll reply back to you. Thanks, everybody.